Welcome to the continued podcast adventures of Superhero Speak. But I think many of the people that love this character and that love superheroes in general have used these stories as inspiration to say, you know what, I'm going to do something good in the world. I'm going to make a difference like my hero when I was a kid. That is my fondest memory of it because when, you, when you're doing comic books, you want them to affect people. Right. You want people to care. You want, you want to strike emotions. And I knew that that clone saga was striking a lot of emotions. Can you yeah. imagine uh, Pulp Fiction starring Goofy and uh, Mickey Mouse? I can totally <laughs> imagine that. You I'm sure somebody's written that one. Pounder with cheese and France, Mickey. <laughs> <laughs> Boy, ale with cheese, Mickey. Yeah. <laughs> I can totally see. I, I, would, I would watch the hell out of that movie. Yes, I gladly saw, sacrifice that my. my progeny to you of a mighty marvel beast <laughs> <laughs> but neil adams is somewhere going mm, it's, uh, it's my time uh, <laughs> how do you measure success hey everyone and welcome to superhero speak i am your host dave and i am bereft of things to talk about uh, i mean john <laughs> i'm just jd just jd what a what a wonderful sentiment Sentiment. Ooh. Sentiment. Sentimentality so, is my thing. So, so we're just like chatting about like people like the stream. Apparently the streaming wars are other people are like creating their own channels and stuff because the, you know, they want to like, be part of this war. Well, not be, not be part of this war, but because they can't get into it. Because for, for We were talking about I was I was well, mentioning MST3K. Yes, yes. We'll, we'll get into that in a second. But I actually wanted to start off tonight by apologizing to the Geek, to the Geek World All-Stars. They are currently doing a live crossover on uh, Twitter the, using Spaces. And at first I couldn't figure out, they started early, earlier, and first I couldn't figure out how to use it. And then I will admit, my girlfriend called, I was on the phone with her. <laughs> And I tried to get on it real quick and then realized, oh, crap, I got to record. So I got off. <laughs> you were like a teenager. Am I? Why yes. am I like a teenager? I was talking to my girlfriend and then like I forgot what I was going to do. He's like talking to one of the, my boys. It's like, hey, focus. Got shit to do. Am I here you for this? Here. This is right this here. is the important show right here. I'm, I'm, so. I didn't say you weren't here. Like, but it's like my teenagers. So you got to keep them focused. But focus. yeah, focus. apology to the Geek World All-Stars because, you know. Okay. They, it's too bad this isn't a video show anymore. <sighs> oh, if you can find time to edit the video, then we can go back to video. What time? People are like, what do you watch on TV? I'm like, I don't watch TV. Mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so what are okay? Let's let's get all our present pleasantries out of the way. Just JD. Say we have what? presents. I didn't get any presents. <laughs> Ple- pleasantries. I, ha- I have no presents. Oh, in, in either form. How how is your week? Man, um, not bad. Busy. We, my sister, I'll start this first with the, the, what's going on right now. My sister-in-law is due like for a baby any week now. So we have taken in their dog. They have like some type Ooh. of a, of a, like a herding mix dog. Ooh, he's big. No, I actually went pretty good today. They dropped him off today and the two dogs are now best friends. Oh, they do nothing but wrestle. And snap at each other and maul, but they getting them to focus to eat has been difficult because my because <laughs> well puppy's got to eat puppy food and he's got the Hershey squirts so we have to be very careful about what Astro is eating so uh-huh. we have him eating the dogs the you know Gus's that's my 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 nephew dog his food so we have to like <laughs> keep their food separate and it's been 
It's been a thing. It's been a thing. So I'm getting a reprieve right now. That and I did Don's show, the Omega Level Nerds on Friday. Ah. And uh, I talked about my DC Comics experience. And I have officially announcing the Kickstarter for the Wolfstone Saga, my next series of books, three book series, launches on Kickstarter April 18th. Cool. So I'm open, Geek World All-Stars. Anybody else might be listening. I got wares that need to be pushed, which I will push so, on this show only a little bit. Can, so, can I pledge now? Book me. Yes, John, I have a, yeah. I have a, I have a spot for you ready to go. I, 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 want to, I need to die. See, these aren't, these aren't thriller books. So yeah, like there's say, what are they? elements that's um, urban fantasy. This is actually a re-release of books I put up two years ago. Okay. Um, I'm really clumsy. I could, I could still die. Oh, I'll kill you. I'll kill you. I just can't market it as like I, a victim. This, this is a character. You can become a character, but I'll kill you because oh, we have a, a we have an agreement. Clumsy character. Yeah. No. So this, these are books I released three years, uh, two years ago, and they, they just didn't work out. You know, it just didn't click. And I really think what it came down to was I think I had bad covers, bad titles. And I got with a new editor and we, we worked on the, getting these books. So I spent the last year reworking these titles. Oh, they're the I covers they're, that you've been putting on social Correct. That's the new covers. Mm-hmm. Out. It's a urban fantasy series. It's about a uh, young girl finds like a, a mystical talisman that uh, kind of opens up her world to the fact that her dad used to be a superhero. And then you get the, uh, the story of her grandfather, who was a noir detective in San Francisco in the 1930s, and her great-grandfather, who was basically a cowboy. Okay, cowboy. Don't. Can I pledge to be the person that kills John? If you're willing to pay the money, yes, you can. <laughs> okay, then. I think Brilliant. we might have something here. <laughs> I got, hey, man, I got you know, I got a spot in the book. It would work out just fine. So when the book launches on April 18th, the series book series launches on April 18th, it should be good to go. And this one, I, I did a, I worked with my buddy Russell Nolte on this, and he is the Kickstarter master. So I've read his book, done his courses, and I'm hoping for the best Kickstarter that I've ever had. Brandon Sanderson, I know you guys are familiar with him. He is mm-hmm. a fantasy writer. He has launched mm-hmm. a month ago. He launched a Kickstarter and has broken the record for the most successful Kickstarter of all time. As of uh, last night, I haven't checked today. He has $33 million Jesus. pledged for his four books. He actually wow. has done a really interesting idea where it's not just pledging books. They're secret books, right? He's not telling you anybody anything that these books are about. Huh. It doesn't matter. It's Brand- it's Sanderson. Brandon Sanderson, exactly. Yeah. And he is releasing them in like a box set thing. So you get one book every quarter for the next year, right? Oh, cool. It's genius. And this guy has actually brought new love to the publishing platform on Kickstarter because it's way smaller than comics. And I'm seeing a lot of people that are fighting and they're mad about it. They're right. mad that they're mad that an author is getting $33 million because he created stuff. Like this is great. He's brought attention and notoriety to the publishing space on Kickstarter that comics has had for a decade, right? Publishing has just been behind what comics has already known. So this is good because yeah. more people are following. It's good for guys like me to have like the only one bigger than him that could do something would be Stephen King. And, and I, that right. might actually happen. So like him doing this brings so many more customers into Kickstarter to buy books. So projects like me, little guys like me will be up, will, be, will go higher. Cause you know, that rising tide, right? Lifts all ships, right? Right. People understand that you can get real books through Kickstarter now. Like we are, Kickstarter is not GoFundMe. It's not, you know, please give me money to finish my book. It's no, hey, I got good, I got great books. Buy my books, which you you guys, you know, you bought my books. Yeah. So, yeah. Is, so it's good. It's good that people get this. So I'm excited. I'm going back into salesman mode next month. This is like the opposite end of like in the movies, everybody's paying for stuff that's continually the same, right? They want us part two, part three, whatever, or remake, remake, remake. Now, here's an example of people paying for something brand new because they know the creator, they trust him, 
and they're just they just love that stuff that much like yeah. they, they love his work and they know they'll get something really cool and yeah. new yeah exactly right. and this is what's great about this stuff is that like we're cutting out the middleman like the publishers oh the publishers like, have been horrible forever 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 like they tell guys like like me then the little wrong of the publishing though that if yeah we'll publish your book but you got to pay for the advertising you got to pay for the marketing you yep. got to do all the groundwork it's like well what do i get the 30 percent 50 percent yeah or no, 30%. it's lower than that it's, it's terrible so it's like <laughs> that's where they're at right now so you're getting all these articles that are coming out online from like oh you know this is why kickstarter is bad i had a guy unsubscribed to my email list telling me i don't want to back any writers that that focus on kickstarter because they're not concerned with getting better at writing and i'm like what have i been doing the last year working with editors and you know saying okay how can this be right better? like it's even it doesn't no, even make any sense. If you're, if you're no good at writing, nobody's going to back your Kickstarter. Exactly. And that's the thing too. I'm like, you know what? That's good because you weren't going to help me anyway. And now I'm not wasting money sending you emails that, that aren't going to convert. So that's right. good. That mm-hmm. to me. It's funny to me that you felt the need to be a dick about it, but thanks for letting me know. So we're good. So that is, that is my week. I had a lot in my mind. So I appreciate the forum. Again, reach out to me if you want to have uh, if you want to guess, talk about anything from sports to wrestling, comics, movies, writing storytelling <laughs> i can make up stuff too i this, need to push this kind of dovetails into what i want to talk about but go ahead dave rock and how, roll how was, better how was your dave. weekend dave oh yeah <laughs> okay uh dave go now that was good so i think i've mentioned this a couple of times i've been getting back into songwriting and stuff and i've you been really making are, you really are a teenager again aren't you <laughs> this is like superhero speak with a teenage with like a retail retooled teenager are, are you are you gonna are you gonna make a a, a tape a mixtape a mixtape <laughs> something like that in your eyes I'm gonna I'm gonna put a demo together eyes. and I'm gonna put it on Kickstarter what do you if you can get the right people to back it you could make money off that <laughs> yes and or or people could buy it just to laugh at me either way um, hey the money is the money. Yeah, this is true. But it's funny because I've been like, music production is obviously so different today and you can do everything on your computer. Like one thing I didn't mention on the show, I am now an owner of a Mac. <laughs> hey, welcome to the team. <laughs> you poor bastard. How could you? <laughs> and I will team. say this. I will say this. It's funny, Lert. You know, I, I've said this before and it's true. Like Macs were designed for people who didn't don't want to know like, the nitty gritty of how to use a computer because it does a lot of things for you right like and it makes so much sense that the average person likes max i get it right but the other thing that's true about max that a lot of people don't realize is what kept the company alive especially in the 90s was it was good for art and music and like and vendor lock-in but god bless you Vendor lock, vendor locking. Like, are you speaking German? Are you having a stroke? Uh, no, 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 no. He's saying like you have to buy everything Apple to work with an yes. Apple, and I, 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 I that's not as that's not as true today as it was back then. But it was definitely true back then. It's it's still kind of true though. Like I don't know. I mean, I got a Mac Mini, and it it's like that monitors what's connected to it you know and i run stuff off i run third you can put any usb keyboard in it you know you're not you're not locked into mac stuff you ever try to run a game on a mac i don't play video games but i'm I'm an adult okay but here's the whole thing oh oh yeah you're far from it anyway i have a sting mask (laughs) hanging up behind me yes (laughs) but again i bought this specifically for doing music right so like i'm not buying video games on it like it's that's Mm -hmm that's not it i mean also i don't like playing games on my computer anymore i got a ps4 for playing video games so how co- again how could you <laughs> 
but PC gamer for life. <laughs> Dork. But long story short, and this is what I was really getting at was I have I bought I got a, what you call it, uh Amazon gift card for Christmas. And I ended up using it on a MIDI controller. And those this is for those who don't understand, basically it looks like a keyboard, but it's not a keyboard. <laughs> it's uh it it looks like a keyboard but it has a bunch of extra knobs and buttons on it and you can't plug it in and play it you have to connect it to a computer and it allows you to control stuff but the one i got with my gift card i was like i wasn't 100 happy with it so i decided i went to sam ash traded it and i got another one and i i'm shocked like how much you can do with these things like compared to you know the, the equipment i had 10 years ago you know it's just like and you do everything so easy on the computer it's all software now it comes with this like whole entire effects processor thing for guitars like i could just plug my guitar directly in and like have any effect i want on it and it's just you can, it, you can do that on a windows machine too i mean you know but i have a dedicated like the whole point too was to have a dedicated thing set up so i could just whenever i feel like working on music i just sit down pick up my guitar and play and record something or you know uh, I have my dedicated a, Alienware ready for any game that I want to play. Yep. Yeah, exactly. Right. So mm-hmm. only thing I need now is like a good desk to set it all up on. But I will also say this, that while I was at Sam Ash buying it this weekend, I found out about Taylor Hawkins, which like yeah, that kind of hit me harder than I thought it was going to. John's got a look on his face like, who's Taylor Hawkins? No, I, <laughs> I know who he is. I was, I, that wasn't my scene. Those, you know, that side of music, you know, I would, <laughs> I, I'm on the ABBA side of things. So, oh my God. Know, but, is but, probably the best rock band of the last 25 years. Well, yeah. It's not like I didn't never hear or heard of them or didn't like any Maybe. of the songs. Maybe. But Maybe. one of the reasons I love, but, but the fact that he was only 50 is yes. crazy. And he looked good for 50 too. Like, yeah. I mean, and they're trying to tie it to drugs now, I guess. Was he it like, a drug? Well, he, he, he did have, a, he, had, he was known to have a drug problem. It wasn't like. He had quite a few opiates and stuff like that in the system. They released a preliminary toxicology report. It looked like there was quite a bit in there, but nothing he, is tied yet. To I other. can't think mm. of the name of the song. Um, Foo Fighters had an acoustic album came out and it's something, I think, Why You Heal or something like that. Dave Grohl wrote that about Taylor Hawkins because Taylor Hawkins was in a, co- in a coma recovering from a drug overdose. So like, yeah, it's not, you know, it's not uncommon. I mean, it's not unknown. It's not like a big secret or anything. That's the two, like that, that music scene, the Seattle scene specifically is there's so many the drug uses left so many people in the wake of that. You yeah. Know? It's been, it's unfortunately been a part of the scene since day one. Right. I think so. Andrew um, Martin was the first one from Mother Love Boat. And then it's just been, but, 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 but I, I mean, one of the things I love about Foo Fighters and Dave Grohl is I've always looked at him as a survivor. And I know that sounds weird, but it's like, you know, his career could have been over when Kurt Cobain passed away. But like, you know, he remade himself and wrote his own music and became probably even bigger than Nirvana was. Hey, sorry. This is my <laughs> nephew, my nephew dog. He, your he nephew want to dog. I was going to say, your son's long. looking a little bit hairier there. This, this, is, this is Gus. <laughs> Gus is trying to figure out what's going on. He's looking for and, his family. Uh, and one of the cool things, like, if you ever watch interviews, right? Like anyone who's been in bands and has played music understands that like there are the bands you form with your friends and then there are the bands where it's like you bring people in who can play instruments and you get along and you get along well enough to write music. But like 
when you're not doing that, you don't hang out with these people, right? And you would think like, I always like, at first I thought that's the kind of relationship Taylor Hawkins and Dave Grohl had, especially because like anyone who knows, like in the early days of Foo Fighters, I think it was their second album. It's a very famous story. Dave Grohl didn't like the drums that Taylor Hawkins did, so he went back and re-recorded them. Really? <laughs> yeah. But there are so many interviews like that you watch with him, and he calls him like his best friend, you know? So it's just like, which I get, like you're in a situation like that with someone for 20 years, you both play drums and, and whatnot, you, you probably grow, grow close together. Well, that's got to be hard. I always thought that was hard for him, too, when you take when you know, a drummer from the probably the most legendary band of the era starts a new band and now you play the drums. Like, yeah, it's got to be a little awkward to have him looking over your shoulder like that. And clearly it was at least for a time. It's like when, when Metallica hired Newstead and then immediately killed all the bass on and justice for all. I can't believe. Yeah. I still can't get over that. That was ridiculous. It is ridiculous. Why Newstead so, is not with the band anymore. It's part of it. That's a big part of it. You know, I mean, yeah, but that was a big whole thing with that too was like, and I, and I have to say that's probably the difference between Foo Fighters and Metallica replacing uh, Cliff Burton was that it was like, yeah, you're coming in and taking, we're hiring you to replace him, but you're never going to be Cliff. Mm-hmm. You know, like that was the attitude they had with him. And I think that's what ultimately caused him oh, to leave abso- the band. Absolutely. And they were kids too. Like they were in their right. mid twenties, had no idea how to grieve and, you know, just took all their, all their emotions out on Jason Newstead, some kind of monster, phenomenal documentary on the subject. Yes. Where, super, uh, where super music speaks. Yes. Oh. Where the opposite with, with Foo Fighters where like, you know, he was creating his own thing. Now mm-hmm. he wasn't like, it wasn't like he was comparing the bass player to, oh, I can't think of the, the bass player of Nirvana. And he wasn't trying to be Kurt Cobain, you know, he Chris was, Novoselic. yes, Novoselic. Yeah. He wasn't, you know, he wasn't bringing in a bass player saying like, gotta play like Chris. He can't, <laughs> you know, so Did we should get t- that's what's we cool should- about Foo Fighters. <laughs> they were their own band. They weren't really like a Nirvana clone by any stretch of the imagination. Right. They were more of a traditional, traditional hard rock band, you know, as yeah. opposed to Nirvana, which was really kind of, you know that Seattle sound really grunge. doing its own thing. Yeah, yeah grunge, like the the pre, the preeminent grunge band. Yep. I, I yeah. feel like we should bring Todd in the shadows on from from YouTube. He talks about this stuff too. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, that hit me uh, hit me harder than I thought it was going to, and he'll be missed. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Bummer. As you get older, that you get that kind of stuff. You know. Someone well, said considering you- he's like your age, and I'm only two years off from that, it was like, oh. My dad said yep. the older you get, the more funerals you go to and the less, uh, the less births you see, the less weddings. I forget how it went. It's so Yeah. Mm-hmm. It switches from weddings to funerals. Yep. Wonderful. <clears throat> but yeah, that's pretty much, you know, that was pretty much my weekend. Just I'm excited to, I'm, I've got like five song ideas. I'm going to record them and maybe I'll share them. Maybe I won't. We'll see. I'm just happy with how like effervescent you've been in full of life that you seem like lately. Like you're in a, such a better place than you were like two years ago, you know, which was bad. But I mean, like, you yeah. just, just talking to you, you've got this like upbeat um, attitude about everything, you know, like there's no, there's no sour tones in your voice anymore. Yeah. You were stepping all over my stick. <laughs> yeah. what, I'm still, uh, what I'm trying to say is thank you, Dave. Thank you. Um, <laughs> no. Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, and I can't, you know, a lot of that credit goes to Karen. I mean, you know. You're with a Karen? Oh God! <laughs> I'm sorry. The jokes write themselves sometimes. <laughs> I believe the first time I said her name, you guys said that too. So it's it's uh, not going to get old. No, know? it's not. No, God, you, you know how much she hates that. By the way, 
I believe. I remember we said it once. You got mad about it on the show. You're like, you know, that's really unfair to call it a Karen. And John and I jumped all over that, like mercilessly. Which I remember there was Karen would say. I remember there was a debate too. Shortly after that became a thing, Karen, like, what should be the the male equivalent of a Karen? And a bunch of people were trying to say David, and I'm like, no, 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 Kevin, Kevin, Kevin. Kevin seems to be the uh, the accepted nomenclature. Yeah, Kevin. So. So, John, how was your week? Don't don't even ask. I'm on what we in the computer biz, in the IT biz, call a death march. You, you I've been working sixty hour weeks. So you said that you said that last week. Yeah. Yep, I'm still still doing it. They have a deadline of this quarter, and this quarter ends in three days, and it's not. We're gonna miss it. Well, you have we're fun gonna, with that. What? Well, you have fun with that. Yeah, yeah, no, no, that's that's not how that works, really, at all. Ever, you know, just not really. I, I, the funny thing is, I still enjoy what I'm doing. I'm just not enjoying somebody telling me it has to be done by a certain amount of time. You know. Yes, agreed. Yeah, it, it, there's this there's this thing in our business, and Dave can there, Dave can collaborate corroborate corroborate. Sorry, Co-op. there's there's <laughs> there's a triangle, and each point each, there there there's one point is good, the other point is cheap, and the other point is fast. You can only pick two. Yes. If it's good and cheap, it's not going to be fast. If it's fast and cheap, it's not going to be good. Like it, and these people only want to, they're, they're only letting us pick one. (laughs) (laughs) Like it's just, it's, it's, it's ridiculous. My job is, you know, like, I don't know. It's just not fun. So that's why I'd like to talk about other stuff like these, these, this opening up of the Kickstarters now and the fact that all these creators are creating literally their own streaming little little offshoot streaming services because Patreon, biggest, that's what Patreon is really, you know, or something. I'm curious. Yeah. yeah. You can you can, get, you can see stuff on Patreon from some of the people that I that I mm-hmm. I, I, I spend like 35 bucks every month on Patreon. Oh, my just, wife would just, divorce me if I did that. I spend like seven and she gets mad at me. Well, I've got I I I back a lot of creators, but the thing is that even when their stuff is taken off of YouTube, you can still see it on on Patreon because because YouTube is just crazy with the the strikes and the takedowns and. Here's what's weird well, about that, right? I, so, hold, I, let me hold on. I can do a I can make a highlight video and put it to a to like a Foo Fighters song, and mm-hmm. some someone will get up in arms. But some girl on TikTok can lip sync Mariah Carey, and everybody shares it. And it's phenomenal and no one has a problem with anything. TikTok is going to get hit soon. What's up with Trust, that? You know, they, they, they just, they go, it gets to a certain point and then, you know, Warner Media will, will walk in and ruin the party for everybody. Like right now, the biggest problem with YouTube is Japan with, with the anime, Bro, anime clips. Okay. New Japan pro wrestling is the same. If you, if you post a picture, you get a strike. They're Here's, vicious. Yeah. Here's the difference between YouTube and TikTok. I can see it upsets you, JD. <laughs> YouTube, YouTube is putting commercials on the videos. Yes, their own commercials, not where you tell them to quit, but they're putting they're putting like so. YouTube is making money off of a yeah. video you created that has a Foo Fighter song in it. And where that's TikTok. The they're not. No one's yeah. making any money right now. I was just thinking that this morning. I am seeing more more commercials now 
than I did back in the day when you sit down and watch CBS or NBC, right? And you had to watch the commercials. You didn't remember, have a choice. Remember that Dave sprung a leak. Um, <laughs> remember that video last year of that dude that was hanging on the back of the truck, lip syncing to uh, I forget what I forget what uh, Fleetwood Mac song it was. Mm-hmm. And like they Fleetwood Mac made like a shit ton from streaming. Like Spotify was like their song went through the roof. Yeah, and they made a lot of money off of it. Yeah. So I mean, like, this is what I'm saying is like, why I don't, I don't know, I don't like it as a cre- as a creator. It's frustrating. Yeah. Well, I, let's go yeah. back. Let's go back. We've talked about Metallica in the '80s. They encouraged you to record their concerts and share them so that their name would get out there more. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. they were the. the uh, lawsuit against Napster. So yeah, okay. yeah. A lot of people <laughs> that are really, really young may not know what Napster was. It was the first really large platform for sharing music, and it took the music companies a while to glom onto the fact that this was a thing because they were run by real dinosaurs at mm-hmm. the time. And once they did. See, here's the thing. Every study showed that people that use Napster were buying more. I'm going to be honest. They bought more music. The moment I bought, I got Napster. The only CDs I bought after that were blank ones. I have never bought a physical (laughs) CD since Napster. And I bought plenty of digital, right? Like I bought more than my fair share of music on iTunes. And like I've done that, but I have never bought a physical album since the summer of 2000 see you're 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 kind of weird though i mean oh i'm definitely kind of weird i'm also kind of cheap but the study said because the the thing being when you went to napster you could see you could see a person's collection that you were downloading from Mm -hmm. and you could check out because they probably had the same taste you do but you hadn't heard of those songs so you learned way more about what was out there And because the, the radio stations, you had to know a guy who knew a guy to get something played on there, or you had to be signed with a record label. But mm. you, if you're not signed with a record label because you're not you're not popular yet, then how do you get signed with record labels? But that's, get your heart? The, that's so, the thing, though, is that it did change the face of music, right? Because right. it hasn't been the same since. Because Napster ushered in, you know, after Napster got shut down, we had LimeWire and all these like stuff that was a lot more sketchy than Napster. Napster worked, right? Yeah. For, say what you want, Napster worked right. far better than the rest of them. But then we had iTunes after that. And after iTunes, everything had changed. Now we have these streaming platforms and it's different. Like the idea of putting out a CD is not what it used to be right Right. but but then again but then again the problem is that like yeah they people were buying more music because napster was opening up the door and letting you see what was out there but now spotify is in hot water because they're just they're you know they're they're like the the publishing companies they just oh yeah they they're grabbing every every red cent they can from the creators before the creators even you know get a chance to make any money off their stuff which comes back to if you want to make money, you've got to have your own platform. Right. Yeah. So enter in the thing that I was talking to you guys about before we uh, started the show, Mystery Science Theater 3000. And I can't believe I missed this. Had a Kickstarter a couple of months back. They they had had, they had been off the, they, they've been off the air for a long time, but they are still like incredibly popular. Mystery Science Theater 3000. I, if you haven't seen any of those shows, Go to go to Netflix right now and watch them. But I'm I'm fairly certain that the Venn diagram of people that listen to this show and have watched Mystery Science Theater <laughs> is in fact a circle. 
Oh, probably, <laughs> yes. But the thing is, so so they went, they they they've been off the air for a while. They ran a Kickstarter saying, Well, we want to do another couple of shows. They made like 10 times the amount that they had asked for. They they handed Netflix a couple of million dollars and said, you know, let's 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 do this now. And they were going to do a couple of episodes every year for a couple and a couple of new seasons. And of course, after two seasons, well, after the first season, Netflix said, well, we're going to cut down the number of episodes we're going to do. And then after the second season, Netflix kicked them off because that's what Netflix does. It'll do one or two seasons and that's about it. Stranger Things. Right. So so then, you know, now they did another Kickstarter, MS3TK and MST3K. And they now they're going to create their they've got their own website to stream their own show and they and just to let you know their kickstarter they 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 were looking for a pledge of 2 million and they made 6.5 million dollars yeah i think and, and i can't imagine it costs too much to produce an episode of of yeah but you got to buy the rights of the shows which i think is where the stickiness comes from no a lot of these right. a lot of these old older shows that they use are, are out of into public domain you know yeah. mm, okay but but the but yeah even if they have to buy the the rights they don't have to spend a whole lot on some of these shows because they're not worth much but you know it's like they they were i think at the end they were just coming up with new stretch goals just off the top of their heads just to keep up with the with the the pledges and i i watch there's a isoplex yeah they're going to do i watch another group called viva la dirt league and they do a lot of skits for larpers for gamers and that sort of thing they're hysterical and they did a Kickstarter and they went from, they were looking for, I think they were looking for like $200,000. They wound up with 2.5 million and now they're just going to build their own soundstage. There you go. I mean, it, it's not enough to be a creator in this day and age. One has to be a creator and a publisher unless you're, unless you're a legacy, right? That's the only way to make money. Hmm. Excuse me. They were looking for a hundred thousand dollars, and they wound up with two point five million. And now they're they're going to build a soundstage. They're going to build their own D and D soundstage, and all this. Like it's going to be, yeah, it it's incredible. But at the end, and this is one that I was following as it was happening. They were coming up with new stretch stretch goals off the top of their heads just to keep up with the. It's and I, it's nice because this is all new stuff. This isn't people look like. Well, I mean, MST three K is not new, but every every episode is very different so i I find it interesting that like with with especially with this show right with mystery science it's like they did a kickstarter raised money probably had the money to produce the shows like i said it's Mm -hmm. i I mean i'm sure it's not the cheapest thing in the world but it can't be too expensive to produce those shows so they you know made enough money probably to produce two seasons like why on like why would netflix kick them off it makes no sense like you're getting something for free and all you're doing is distributing it. Like you can only have so much space, right? Every space mm. you want space and they're, they're trying to be new content right now. And they also don't own mystery science theater for 3000 Netflix. Yeah. That's like what said, it is. They don't own it. Be a publisher, right? You need to be a creator and a publisher. And these companies want to own things. And that's kind of the problem with the streaming wars right now. Cause now uh, the only way to do that oh, yeah. is to buy up everybody else around you. If you can, we're, we're still in that phase, right. Where mm-hmm. the contraction has started. Right. And so all the new, 
you're going to see a lot of things like this, like this Gizmoplex, like small platforms that have like dedicated fan bases. You're not going to see a whole, but I mean, there, there's a limit on what this, like no one's going to get stinking rich. I should say this will not support a company, right? It could support some creators that are living comfortably, but it's not going to, you know, it's not going to draw the eye of, you know, Madison Avenue, which is a good thing. Right. Whereas all these things that could do something are going to get absorbed. And the, the big green monsters cable, what's going to happen. This is, this is what's going to happen. These three platforms, whatever the big three are going to absorb everything else. And then all the little guys will sprout out underneath it. And it's going to be like the, the infant days of cable TV. All over. We're going to have net, we're going to have, you know, uh, network TV back. And then you're going to have the basic cable all over again. Yeah. Right? And, and, and the thing is like the problem being like, okay, so Joel wrote or Joel Hodgkin Hodgson. He owns Hodgson. Hodgson. Yeah, he owns MST3K. If 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 in order to get that on one of these larger streaming services, he'd have to sell out to them, you know they'd ruin it. Yeah, he they didn't would, want it. They would they ruin the freaking show. So he had the option to sell to Viacom years ago and didn't kept the kept the ownership. Right. Which is probably yeah. why they did a Kickstarter to raise the money so they could keep it themselves and do it themselves. Mm-hmm. Right. But but now they're going to have their own, you know, Gizmoplex, which you know. So and that's the, it's like you said, you know, it, Joel started this off as a like what is it basically a UHF? It was a UHF. Show. It's basically yeah. it's what it is, Mister Science Theater. It, it's just like Sven Gulli here in Chicago. Or there's a million shows like that, right? Like uh, fam- the Vampira, the 50s, like all these. I-, I just wrote an article recently about Grandpa Al from the Monsters had TBS Super Super Scary Saturdays, mm-hmm. right? It was like every since the dawn of TV, they had a guy who would host these shows. They would show these movies, and it would get kids all. Elvira, excited. Mistress of the Dark. Elvira is another yeah. great example. Vampira or Vamp. Vampirella. Vampira. Vampira. I can't remember. I get them all confused. Vampirella. Well, some, whatever one. I forget which is which. But like that was in the 50s. Was things. This has been a thing for TV for years. And MST put a spin on it. Right. Mm-hmm. So they did something cool. And Comedy Central picked it up in like, God, 1990, I want to say. So 32 years mm-hmm. ago. And they created something cool. And then it went away because, you know, uh, the the old millennials and the, and the Xers got older and just they moved it on to other things. And now it's back. And you know, it's probably where it belongs. Isn't that funny thing. though? We're we're gonna wind up with with like three or four main streaming channels like yeah. Netflix, HBO Max, Disney, yeah, Disney, and and probably Peacock. I I don't know. Pe- I don't Peacock, know. some combination like yeah. Sony. Sony but, will get in bed with somebody because it doesn't seem like they're interested in doing their own. But but then yeah. you'll have the UHF channels. Yeah, like it's exactly Rooster what... Teeth and 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 Gigaplex and New Japan and... World. Yeah, it's like like I said, it's like you're gonna Crunchy have roll. <laughs> you're gonna have like basic television, like your your network TV, and then you're gonna have your cable, like your old cable channels back when it was like Bravo and like all these like super niche channels before they tried to all be mainstream. Right. All this new technology, we wind up with the same stuff. Go right of back greed. to where we, we go right yeah. back to where we started from. Yeah. Yeah, but not only that, I kind of wonder, I still wonder what the future of all this is going to be. Nobody you really knows. I mean, I look at like, I look at what my son watches. Like, he doesn't watch TV at all. Everything is online. And like, a lot of short content stuff. And it's just like, you know, and like, we're talking about the generation coming up is all TikToks and Insta Reels. And like, that's what they find entertaining. I, you, can't, you can't make a TV show out of that. Like... <laughs> No, but those aren't supposed to be TV shows. And they're still going to be, because like I said, my kid is six and he still loves watching 
like he'll watch uh but again he doesn't watch regular tv he doesn't even understand how to watch regular yeah. tv like it, the idea i explained about saturday morning through commercials <laughs> yeah well it's like well he gets frustrated on youtube so he gets it like he'll watch teen titans on youtube or he'll watch you know he likes watching jay laser this dude who he's this engineer who builds like stuff from superhero movies like or I caught him watching a Nessie documentary the other day because he's like super into the Loch Ness monster. Oh, cryptids are always cool. For he kids. loves crypt. Yeah, he loves that stuff. So I mean, like the idea for him, he this is how he's gonna have like I want this. I will go find this. Mm -hmm. As opposed to us, we were like for us it was I'll go find something. Was the channel clicker click click click? Hey, what's this? Yeah. Or the TV guide you know? pouring or over TV the guide. TV guide every we every week. Please don't say that name in front of me. <laughs> TV, TV guide. Did you work for them? Yeah. Oh yeah, that's right. TV Guide? I, did. I didn't know that. Yeah. yeah, I remember there were a couple of people from TV Guide that we used to work with. Well, I can't think of her name. My boss at yeah. the end. Adrian. Adrian, right. Yeah, her and I worked together at TV Guide. It's part of the reason I got the chop at point roll. <laughs> she brought me in. So talk about talk about a publication that outlived its usefulness. Oh yeah, my no god. Kidding. Well, I mean, they are still around in a way. But yeah, but it's it's I hate to dog on old people, but it's old people. Like I haven't touched a TV guide and 30 years 20 probably 25 that's because you go you yeah press but the guide button on the on the do clicker, you, right? do you, you don't have when cable at all right no I, we're all streaming we have I so you don't have the interactive guide on there that because that's still done by tv guide oh i see that why oh, okay i didn't know TV guide. i see that when i go to hotels and stuff like that I'll, there you go I'll watch yeah yeah when you wait if you're on verizon or or comcast they you have the guide button you press that and you you still have to scroll through stuff but at least you can see all everything but there's so many channels it's almost useless these days like, i don't I, every time i go to a hotel and i do this i'm like i'm glad i'm just a streaming guy so <laughs> before i forget speaking of being old things that are garbage <laughs> that depends dave and the future of tv on friday no, no, no. Saturday, Saturday morning, my girlfriend and I tried to watch a movie on HBO Max. It was the Steven Spielberg remake of West Side, West Side Story. Story. I, we couldn't watch it. We couldn't. We had to turn it off. Bad. Oh, my God. It's like, just go watch the original. Like, there's no there's no need for this movie to exist at it's all. Same, it's the same movie, right? Uh, yeah, pretty much. There's there's there are subtle changes to make it not even updated. Just there are subtle changes to it. And it was just like. Why? Why did you do this? Like, it's even filmed to look like it has filters on it to make it look like it was filmed in the 50s or, or 60s. And it's like, why, why, are you do, why did you do this? Like, the guy who complains that there's no original ideas and everything superhero movies goes out and, and does a shot for shot remake of West Side Story. Like, Good call. <laughs> At least his War of the Worlds was an original piece of crap. Based it, on was, it was crap. Yeah. It was a terrible movie. Yeah. yeah. I did like the scene where all the coats are falling from the sky. I thought that was a cool scene, but that's like or a cool shot. It wasn't even a cool scene. Or the, bo the bodies, the bodies in the river. Yeah, like there's some, there's some cool the stuff, but mm -hmm. like the movie sucks. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. It was just I, I, yeah. I'm, I'm warning our audience: if you haven't watched it, don't watch it. If you watched it and you liked it, let me know why you liked it. Because they like musicals. Some people just like musicals. But the original is so much better. Sorry. So there's some movie we talk about this sometimes, like movies that could that could be remade. I just saw a, doc, a Toy Galaxy. God, I love this YouTube channel. Uh, oh, I Toy love Galaxy. it too. It's so good. Documentary on the Last Starfighter. Right. You, oh oh God. Yeah. yeah. One of the best. Awesome. It's a great. I can't believe it's a nice little can... cult hit. Like yeah. it, apparently the rights are all kinds of murky. Yeah. Like that's uh, the problem I'll with it. Watch that. But that is a movie that I think could benefit from a remake. Yes, I think so. If done well. 
If the, of course, well, any movie if done well, it like no one says a... this movie needs a shitty remake. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, you know, I'm not saying there aren't, but I'm like, yeah, I mean, clearly a good one. And like, Fantastic Four. I mean, <laughs> he talks. Of course, I'm pretty sure he talked about in the in the in the in the documentary. And anyone who doesn't watch Toy Galaxy, go watch it. Oh, it's like, great. Every Amazing. episode is just a it. every mm. episode is a mini documentary on something from basically the 80s from the most part because he's like our age so 80s uh, 90s yeah yeah 80s 90s like he also talked about how like the thing in the 80s was you got toys and other product tie-ins to like you know to sell to sell sell, sell, the, sell the thing and it didn't really have it where it's like you think it what it should have you know especially should have had a, a game i don't think it had a uh, yeah, and never had a video game. game. Isn't that wild? A yes. movie ba- like you think that'd have been like step one. But again, it came out in an era where they really, especially if you didn't have like a big marketing arm behind it, mm-hmm. didn't really happen. It was it wasn't an indie film, but it wasn't like a big studio film. Right. And it really it underperformed because let's be honest, nineteen eighty four was a year of some absolutely gigantic films. True. Yeah. Very like, that's true. That's a seminal year in pop culture. Like it really it is. is. And you go back and look at what was released. You know, or what was happening pop culture wise in 1984. I mean, like it's easy to get swallowed up. But but, but next to next to like next to like the Enterprise and the 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 Galactica and you know all these other and Firefly was it the the Firefly like mm-hmm. the Gunstar is one of the most geek uh, spaceships there is. Yes. like it's it's right up there with all these others. First movie to have computer special effects too. Yes, was it really mm-hmm. not Tron? Tron tricks you. Yes. You think Tron is computer special effects, but it is not. It is not. Practical. It's matting, right? Mm-hmm. It's yeah, it's matting, it's lighting, it's mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, it had graphics but not integrated it has into graphics the... but not integrated. Yeah, it's it, yeah. like I said it tricks you. Like Last Starfighter actually, and if you watch it you're like, "Yes, that is clearly." Like it looks like the uh, Sylvester McCoy run of Doctor Who like when they had that <laughs> that, that title <laughs> sequence for that for that doctor. It looks like all oh, looks like that. But for 1984, it's good. Like yeah. it doesn't right. it doesn't hold up as well as the practical special effects in Star Wars, but you know, and like, it had such a deep mythology too. There's plenty there to to look. Oh at. yeah. Oh for sure. Like there's there's countless stuff that could be mined in the future. That's what I'm saying. This is a property that could and should be revitalized if people ever got their stuff together. Because again, there's so much of it. All right. And it's good story, really. Like it's a it's very Star Warsy, but you know George Lucas did that on purpose. Like it's all. It's all Joseph Campbell shit. Yeah. <laughs> so speaking of people, should get their shit together. Shit, uh, fuck the notes. We're doing our own. We're freelancing this week. Yeah. <laughs> apparently, we have to talk about social media madness, guys. We have no, to. we really don't. I mean, that's just a choice, Dave. <laughs> all right, it's a choice. All right. It is a choice. There's a follow up from something we talked about last week here. Now, of course, we had our good friend D-Square and Ray from the Gorilla Brain Podcast on here. And Ray told us a story about Christopher Lloyd. Do you remember the story? Yeah, Bernd Hauter. Right. And he had lost all his money because he didn't believe in banks. Mm-hmm. Yes. So our good friend D-Square tweeted at us, thinking back to the Christopher Lloyd losing all his money in the story, I understand he didn't believe in banks, but did he not believe in fireproof safes? How many people can afford those fireproof safes for that much money? For what he have? How many stacks of thousand bill, dollar bills did he have? Oh, sorry, I thought it was funny. To which the Omega Level Nerds podcast replied on this edition of jokes that should have been made while I was on the podcast. Nice. <laughs> yeah, and then 
Ray tweeted at us a picture of the him from the news, Christopher Lloyd's house, and him walking out of it. And you could see that it was destroyed. It's 2009 that happened. So terrible, terrible, terrible. And someone named JD replied, yikes. I don't know what else to say. Yeah, but hopefully he believes in banks now on some level. <laughs> and also we had from our good friend over at uh, the Colt 45 podcast, Randy, random Randy Savage. He said, I didn't know about the money lost for Doc Brown here. He needs all the roles then. Marvel needs to get him in Loki as Modoc or something. Oh my well, God. We got a Modoc. But they do need, Marvel could do something with him. That's actually not a bad idea. I don't well, know. Well, that, that was the, yeah, he's going to be on The Mandalorian. But yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. Well, Marvel, that's saying Marvel could do something. Oh, uh, yeah. That's true. Dis- yeah. Disney's everything, though. Modoc. That could be interesting. Like, because he would just have to do the voice. We got a pet nozzle Modoc, and I don't hate that. I don't like Modoc all that much. So. Yeah. The show was not funny. I have not watched the show at all. So, how bad is it? It's pretty bad. It's it's it 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 it. I don't know. Did you did you watch any of those? Nope. Too because it it almost feels. I like... watched Hellstrom. I watched Hellstrom. Oh well, I that's watched Hellstrom favorite, too. One of my favorite characters on all media. So, Hel- and I thought it was mediocre. Yeah, it was. It was. It was okay. I mean, it was good. I I would have liked to have seen a second season just to see where it could go, but but with Modoc, it feels like we're you know the writers were like, this is what kids think are hip these days. <laughs> you know. You know, the, the yeah, jokes well, are. Mm. I knew it was. I knew it was an issue when Kevin Smith was doing it, and I love Kevin Smith, but him doing a cartoon. He's had more misses than hits these days. Kevin Smith, yeah, far more misses. He's an mm. excellent podcaster, filmmaker. Yeah, I know, right? But everybody puts everybody keeps putting their money on him, and uh, yeah, and then you only he, get one man. dogma apparently in your career. Um, I mean, well, he had a. Well, Clerks is a seminal hit of the 1990s, you know? Oh, yeah. Yeah, but that's one of those that, like, it was a cult hit. It wasn't a huge hit when, in the theater. No, but, well, but it, never it, really it had gained a, a it cult following. A, yeah, it never had a real release. It was an art house film. Which then Chasing Amy became popular because of that. Mm-hmm. Like, that was a good film for him. But Mall Rats because, was terrible. It, yeah, yeah that also it, became a cult hit on VHS. Yes. That was one of those VHS hits. But that's because his humor matched the era. His the era has moved on. His humor has not. You know, his writing has not. Yes, no. I agree. Definitely um, hasn't grown as a writer. You know. And then the other thing we talked about was the Obi Wan trailer came out, and our good friend again, random Randy Savage said, "Star Wars seems to work better in the TV format." In my opinion, my hope that this will lead to a Doctor Afira, Afra A P H R A. I'm not sure. If familiar with that character and company doing a firefly oh okay dr doing Afro, yeah. yeah she's marvel that's doing a, a firefly in the star wars universe or maybe flesh out f- the finn jedi story that was left behind dr afra is pretty popular from the star wars marvels that could be interesting i don't know if i like firefly is firefly i don't know if i want to see star wars version of firefly right mm-hmm. right is yeah. Star Wars better on the small screen right now? I guess. Well, they've been better than the movies. I mean, the, say what you want about the movies, and I actually like the movies, but Mandalorian was better, right? Yeah. So Boba, Boba Fett's flaws, I think it's at least on par, if not better than... So, I mean, I think a lot of that has to do with they they, they picked a time frame where they could separate themselves from the what's going on in the movies, and Favreau is overlooking all of it, so... It's, it's Favreau and Dave Filoni, as opposed yeah. to 
JJ who's just kind of flirting with it and like there was no cohesive direction right. in the films. We talked about that. Whereas this has got an overarching there an overarching plot and like there's something binding it all together at this point, right? That was the That's, big problem with the new Star Wars movies. It was just I'm surprised at how random they were. They were very random. Well, random Randy. Guess what, John? What? That's all the social media madness for this week. Oh, <laughs> good, good. Because I was going to try to keep this episode short, but we could skip around. I mean, you were finding stuff. I mean, there's not a lot of. It wasn't a very big news week. No, no. So, but. On that note, here's our good friend D Square to tell you how you can follow us on social media and be part of Social Media Madness. Enjoying the show? Want to be part of Social Media Madness? Make sure you are following SuperheroSpeak.com where you can find all of the show's social media links at the top of the page. While you're there, you can check out old episodes of the podcast as well as some other great content. Check the site often because we are posting some great comic reviews as well as comic book and movie news content every day. Make sure and follow us on Twitter, at Superhero Speak. And while you're there, check out the rest of the Geek World All-Stars Podcast Network. You can follow them at stars underscore geek. The Geek World All-Star Podcast Network include great programs such as the Pop Prison Power Podcast, Cult 45, So Wizard, Fans on Patrol, The Gorilla Brain Podcast, and of course, Superhero Speak. Search for hashtag GWAllStars. You will not be disappointed. Now, it's back to Dave and the boys on Superhero Speak. Thanks for that, Don. And don't forget to check out the Omega Level Nerds Podcast available on YouTube and wherever podcasts are available. And on that note, we'll take our uh, commercial break and be right back. After these messages, we'll be right back. All right, we are back. And yeah, I mean, like, so, okay, let's let's talk the news real quick. This first one's just a real quick, just because uh, he's a friend of the show, Eric Dean Seaton. He's been on a couple of times, comic book creator, but he's a TV director mainly. He's directed a lot of stuff people have watched the goldbergs modern family but he's done all the cw dc shows as well and you could probably speak to this jd the big a big thing for a director in tv is to get the pilot episode because yeah. they set, the, set tone. the tone for the show going forward so he's been doing this for years and he finally got his first pilot episode of course it's a reboot show it's not something original and it's other cbs is doing a reboot of early edition does anyone remember that show um, i remember the show I yeah, like gets, that show. He gets the day's paper ahead of time. Yes, he when gets did, the, when, the next day's paper. Yeah. And tries to stop bad things from happening. So, but he's going to be directing the pilot and hopefully it gets picked up and it's a hit and he can have a really good feather in his cap as a director. That is a big thing. That said, I don't know. I'm not terribly excited about the idea of an early edition reboot, you know? Well, that being said, if you're listening, Eric, we would like to have you back on. To talk about this opportunity, <laughs> I'll sit up. It's poor man's quantum leap. I'm sorry. I, <gasps> hey, I don't, I don't, I don't think so. I mean, it had its own heart. It had heart. You know, the writing, the way, the way the character was written. He, it just, it, it, it. You know, it could. It was. I think it was good. It made you care about what was going on. The characters were very well written. So you know. I'd still like to see a my uh, greatest American hero reboot first before this, but didn't they I'll, try that? 
I feel like we've had this conversation. Before. Yes, we have. We've had this yes. conversation before. Uh, it, and yes, twice they've tried. But yeah, no, I, I, I'll check it out just to see because if they if they can get the writing right, because it has its own voice. It's not it's not the same voice as Quantum Leap, although it's similar in its it's similar not, concept and writing wrongs, but in, it's in not, its empathy. In its yes, empathy, there you like I said, poor so, and he can also come oh, yeah. on and give us an update on his comic, uh, Legend of the Montamaji, M-A-N-T-A-M-A-G-I. It's been so long, I can't remember how to pronounce it. But yeah, he can give us an update, and, and it would be fun. Come on, JD. Don't be a yeah. stick in the mud. I am a stick in the mud. <laughs> but I wish you all the best, Eric. I really do. You're a great guy. and I would like to talk to him about this. I want to hear about this. this you're, one of the, you're one of the few guests that I, we've had on the show that still talks to me on social media all the time. <laughs> Fair. So, all right. This next story, guys, we got to talk about it. The movie comes out next week. Next weekend, it'll be, you know, you might be out by the time you're listening to the show. But apparently, Morbius, the movie we were all like, why, why, will be tied into the multiverse and the mcu like so we all, so adrian toombs we all saw the preview with adrian toombs in it the vulture played by the one and okay. only michael keaton and they have he, they've come out and said yes that is the same vulture from homecoming like it's not a different one and everything there is, is connected a spider- i love it there is a Spider-Man in this universe, but they're not saying which one it is. But they they said it'll be clear very soon. Obviously, Ma- Miles Morales, going. Andrew Garfield, <laughs> Andrew Garfield. I, I have be, a funny feeling. That would be cool. I have a funny feeling that they might try to sneak that in because it's going to be Andrew Garfield. Yeah. Now people, it's funny. Everyone hated his movies, but now they all want him to have a redemption because he was good in the last movie, and his it wasn't his fault. His movie sucked. He was yeah. good in them. He was actually I, I don't mind the first Spider-Man movie. The second Spider-Man movie, Amazing Spider-Man Two, was not good. So give him something good, I'll be happy. That being said, this thing with Michael Morbius is just, just fucking awful. I hate everything about it. What do you mean? What like I don't want? Them. We got a Sinister Six movie. Why does Sony keep trying to make a Sinister Six movie? Because we Sony just owns it. those. We just did it. We just did so, it. It was because, great. We loved it. Because Sony's a bunch of idiots. That's why. They will take anything. Wait, the only the only, the only reason this on. has any chance at all is because the, is because Marvels in, in we got this. There was only five villains. There weren't oh, six. Please. The six was Spider Man, which happened in Ultimate Spider Man. Hmm. In the Peter Parker Ultimate Spider Man run, Spider Man was the sixth member of the Ultimate Six. Shabap. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but in this one, they were all working together. The three Spider Man. They were yeah, all but- well. Yeah, but that, not till the end. Not till after the Sinister Six imploded. Look, the look. This still has a chance because Marvel is involved with it, right? This is going to. Uh, but, are they? Uh, well, the, enough. Hey, uh, all right. If you can't put your your faith in that, put your uh, faith in Tom. Are Holland. you sure? We don't know Tom Holland's involved in this. I, I I I know, but he he will put himself. I'm sure he put himself in here somewhere. Dude, all, the only person we know is involved in this is Jared Leto, and all he does is make bad movies involving the, the comic book characters. <laughs> Well, that's the am, question. Like, if this gets wrong? if no, this gets not, panned no, critically, no. it's coming. Are they gonna Are they gonna want to continue on with him? But it's gonna come down. The criticals won't make sense. The financials. If yeah. people on this movie, which I think is gonna happen, because nobody cares about Morbius, then yeah. Well, that being said, you know, we probably should all go see it so we can talk about it next week. Well, 
<laughs> Love you too, JD. <laughs> I'm I'm going to, I'm going to see that. For those of you that are tuning in in audio only, the bird has been flipped and <laughs> the table is probably you know coming up. So my yeah, I'll I'll probably go see it. Just my because. girlfriend's son wants to see it, so we were gonna all go together. So ass. <laughs> huh? Movie's gonna be ass. Oh, I know that. I'm not. You know, you got. I'm you not don't arguing know that. that. You don't know that for sure. <sighs> the only Morbius stories I've liked are name w- two. I when, can't wait. <laughs> I'll take one at this point. No, like at least Raven had one good. <laughs> he works. Raven had a really good story. That one really good, good story. Start, I think he die. works. I think he yes. works as a Spider-Man villain. I liked him best in the '90s cartoon when he when he was a friend of Peter's who who becomes. Morbius, like yeah, that, that works. That story works. That is not a Morbius story. That is a Spider-Man story. Exactly. Thank you. Or a, a, as a foil for Blade. But I was like, just going to say, you know, it's a great Morbius movie. Blade Two. But that's nice. the whole thing. Like taking Morbius and making giving him his own movie just doesn't work. It's like, a terrible idea. It's a terrible yeah. idea. Why they didn't work him into one of the Spider-Man movies is beyond me. Because Kevin Feige is like, I don't care about Morbius. Nobody cares about Morbius. He's not even the coolest vampire in the DC, in the Marvel Comics universe. No. Who is the coolest vampire in the Marvel? Blade. Oh, well, yeah. Half vampire. Okay, so he's a half vampire. Dracula. Yeah, Dracula himself, right. <laughs> well, you're right. You can't compete against Dracula. You're the best. You know, okay, there's a great run. The Tomb of Dracula, great book. The whole thing, Marv Wolfman, good stuff. Got the whole run in uh, omnibus form. You know, it's a great vampire story the one where where storm gets turned into a vampire by dracula that uh chris claremont on candy x-men run oh, it's classic you know it was did you ever read the morbius did, did you ever read the run of batman where he becomes a vampire kelly jones red rain i have that yep. somewhere yeah it's good stuff too you know who's not in that book morbius <laughs> blade vampire hunter you know who's very rarely in that book? Morbius. Morbius. <laughs> it's a trend going on here. Morbius was created by so Stanley could get around the idea of the undead vampire. He was a test case so they could do Tomb of Dracula. Yes. That's it. That's the only cool thing about Morbius. Look, just because Jared Leto is is the main character, so, Sony's in charge of it. No, oh my God. That's my other question. <laughs> that's my other question. I, and, I, and I'm completely serious because I haven't seen a lot of his movies. Has Jared Leto done anything? Yes. Yes. Jared Leto does have good movies. He made the Prefontaine movie. That was excellent. The movie about the runner, okay. Steve Prefontaine. Great, great movie. He's a method actor, though, right? He is a method actor. I'm trying to think of other things he made that I really love. Right, with. method method actors historically don't. And he's one of those aren't good for long term. Like they're, they're really good as as uh, 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 side characters, right? Hmm. Like he's really good at playing a supporting role, I'm or or the up. bad guy for one movie. But like is he... they usually burn out or decide that they're going to be even crazy i mean look what happened with the blade i mean i was about to say you see one of those like when he's on set you have to call him morbius and yeah yeah uh, exactly exchanging post-its with the director signing the morbius it's like went like like he did with blade he's in fight club i'm not a big fight club fan people seem to like fight club wait a minute who's he in fight club angel face oh okay that's better than taser face I am Taserface. I don't like uh, Blade Runner 2049 is all right. It's all right. It wasn't. Yeah. That's a movie that didn't need to be made. <laughs> Some people really like that movie. Guys, I'm going to be honest with you. I don't like any Jared Leto movies. 
Yeah. The thin, the thin red line is okay, but he's like a bit player in it. I liked Prefontaine a lot. It's older than I thought it was. He's going to uh, be in a Tron 3 movie? I guess. Oh my God, they're making Tron 3. Tron Why? 2. Tron 2 was so... Now it's even Tronier. Requiem for a Dream is a good like art movie, but I don't know if I like like it, you know? No, nah, he's got... I got like the thin red line? No. That's a good movie. That's a good movie. Yeah. But it's like that's Sean Penn's movie. Should he should he just stick right. with music? I like that. Okay, I I be honest. Okay, this might be a tad controversial. I prefer Thirty Seconds to Mars to just about any Jared Leto movie. <laughs> it's over. It's baroque, overdone, operatic rock music uh-huh. inspired by the seventies. Uh huh. But it's entertaining. Like I can listen to Thirty Seconds. I can listen to Vox Populi. It's a good song. Right. Thirty Seconds. It's very self important, but it's better than his movies. Better than I, I have that in my playlist. I <laughs> like that song. I like 30 Seconds to Mars. Maybe Jared Leto's just very self-important. Yes. There we go. No. <laughs> we have, we, we figured God, it out. Damn it, Dave. I got to go see the freaking movie now. Yeah. Yeah. Shit. All right. Because it's going to have tie tie into the MCU, possibly. Whatever. Who's this dude playing uh, Harvey Dent? Oh, are we moving on? Yeah. Yeah, I'm we're done. moving on. I'm done with this. <laughs> Okay, Misha Collins as cast as Harvey Dent. Misha Collins was in what's the name of that show? Uh, shoot. Um, All right, I'll go back. Supernatural. To oh, he was in Supernatural. Yeah, I should have loved Supernatural, uh, and I never watched it. He's been cast as Harvey Dent in the Gotham Knights show, <laughs> the show we said last week. It's like we're not going to watch this. Yeah, but it made me wonder, like, what, what, what? What's the point of bringing Harvey Dent? And like, they're saying he's Harvey Dent, not Two Face. So what is the point and of bringing harvey dent he, in but he's supposed to turn into two-face over the course of the first season it's like but the, his 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 origin is intrinsically tied into to ba- batman. batman yeah how how i mean this this is like what what they did with gotham where they had all of these all of these you know villains coming out of the woodwork before batman was even a thing yeah i it's just, like starting to feel like gotham redux yeah yeah exactly like it doesn't it doesn't make sense it's they'll, it's gotham reduke but they're gonna have nightwing and batgirl in it and it's just like why why yeah they'll why? they'll make this but not a last starfighter too i mean come on well there's a lot more impetus to do something with batman people yeah, love I, making tv shows about batman no, that don't have batman but here's the thing yes they keep they keep taking batman out of the out of the projects where he could add something and be good and people would want to watch and keep using that property for things nobody wants to watch. So did anyone watch Krypton? No. I did. It was okay. A Superman show without weird. Superman. I well, to be fair, I watched Smallville, but half but it, I don't it think Smallville had Superman. It did yeah. tangent. Well, actually, it did have Superman. It just he wasn't quite Superman. Um, right. But the problem, what Smallville came out of an era where we weren't bombarded with the actual superhero stuff. Right. Right. Right, so they were clamoring game. for stuff. Right he was the only now, game in town. right now, I mean, Disney's gonna. I got one division last year, and I'm gonna supposed to do Batman with no Batman. Uh, yeah. I think that's that's the whole thing. Like, I think a show like Gotham, if it had come out in the '90s, everyone would have loved it. Oh, it was so bad though. I, it was but, bad. Yeah, yeah, it was. But the concept of like doing something like that in the late '90s, early aughts, when like we had stuff, but not what we have now, you know. God, I'm looking at the cast of this show. I don't want it. This Gotham Knights. I just. Ugh. Oh, speaking of CW, just an offshoot. So Lois and Clark, not Lois and Clark, Superman and Lois, the Flash have been renewed 
for another season. They haven't talked about any of the other shows. I know Supergirl's done. I don't know about uh, Batwoman. I can't believe Flash has lasted this long. Yeah, I thought Grant Gustin was pretty much, even though he's the best Flash I think we're going to have probably in my lifetime. I, you know, I, I thought they were like, they they were losing cast members left and right. Like Elastic, was it Elastic Man? They had to drop him because the actor had issues. Hey, and- I got a question. My friend, Mike Gilbert, who I do the Brace for Impact podcast, me, just sent me a DM. He wants to know if the Batman Assault on Arkham show is good or movie. I think it's a animated movie. John, have you seen it? Oh, it's not off the top of my head. I know I probably have that in my library. You know what the funny thing is? If unless it was really good or really bad, there's so many of them now. Like, oh um, yeah. Let me because because I remember Batman Ninja because it was it was shit. I also remember Dark Side War because that was awesome. But well, Markham. While he's looking that up. Yeah, let me check. We can move along. Uh, let's talk about something that is good related to Batman that we didn't get in the theater. This was dope. They released the deleted scene that we talked about from the Batman with the Joker. And I have so many thoughts. Let's continue. Yeah. I mean, it was good. It was surprisingly good. I, Does it add anything to that movie? No. No, it I doesn't. Get, I get why they edited it out. Because it would have T-boned the movie completely, and then the discourse would have been Joker, 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 Joker. Right, right. Because the Joker is such an oxygen sucker. Yeah. That being said, this scene is way better than the one that's actually in the movie. Yeah. So, um, going with the grotesque Joker as well. It looks like a dude that it looks like a dude that fell on acid. Yeah. To be fair. Which so is... this scene is ripped right out of one of my favorite books of all time. This scene is ripped directly out of the book Red Dragon. Where I was going to say, it's a very FBI FBI agent Will Graham goes to speak with Dr. Hannibal Lecter to get the profile on the tooth fairy. And I know this scene backwards and forwards because I, too, tried to rip it off in scripts that I was writing back in the day. So I know it backwards and forwards and I love it from the movie Manhunter and it's okay in the movie Red Dragon. But like, oh, I I thought they nailed this, man. This was so well done. I love the lens, baby on the lens so you never quite get a quite a good look at what the joker looks like yeah and different parts of his face are kicked out of focus like man this was good i guess this was the dude that played drick in uh the eternals movie which we didn't cover on the show somehow i missed that yes what's the actor's name barry something or other it's barry something i forget there hold on barry someone to k barry keeg keen keon yes keon and that's the thing i will say this like a lot of people are loving the scene you can't you can't really say is he a good joke or not based on one scene i don't think like but it wasn't also i'm gonna say this like it was good i don't think he was over the top with it either like i think he was just reserved enough and like just enough of that like i'm smarter than you attitude that the joker should have over batman because i see the world you know i see the world as it really is you try to see it as the way you want it to be so yeah i don't i guess i i quite enjoyed this movie like this scene a lot i don't but i get it i get why it's not in the movie i get i get because it would have t-boned the film it doesn't help move the narrative it makes sense but i really like the idea of releasing it here especially when the sequel has not been greenlit yet like what a great way to spark interest for a uh a sequel right no definitely i mean yeah they're i i don't know why they're making us wait they've got to be doing a sequel to this like I mean, I know Warner Brothers is the most mismanaged. Oh, 
they're in the middle of being bought out, right? Or being yes, yeah, transitioned. But I mean, you can't take a project that made money and say, oh, "Okay, we're done with it." That would just be it's a lot. It's completely illogical. But again, they don't know what's going on. So letting this thing leak is is it's genius in in my humble opinion, man. I think it's it's great. And it, like I said, I'm not in the mood to watch another Joker movie, but I want to see this one. You know, I really do. I'd love to see, you know how some of the stories, like there's stuff that happens, there's weird stuff going on and like, it could be a few issues. And then like you find out at the end, it was the Joker all along. Like he's not really in the story until you get to the end. Right. But you find out it was a plan of his. What? Like do that. You know, I don't love, I, that's, I don't love that for a movie. Okay. Yeah. I don't love that. Cause I think it's bad. It's a, not bad, but it's like it's a tricky way to write a story because like you don't know. I mean, like it, that can work for a TV show, but for a whole movie, not a, not a huge fan. I don't know. I have to really cook on that. It, it it's also not really like the Joker's thing, right? Like when he attacks you, you know because things go because it's because it either either the plan is absolutely nuts or he's there in the middle of it. The Joker wouldn't be the man pulling the strings. That's that's something the Riddler would do, or Mad Hatter, or somebody like that. Yeah, yeah, to a point. I mean, there's been there's been a few stories like that though with the Joker. By by the way, I know I you know what I just realized like uh, Salt on Arkham has been out since 2018, and I don't have it in my library. Oh, but you you can tell him if he wants something to watch like Justice League Dark one or two. Well, he was um, going through Max. He's got HBO Max, and he's like. He asked me, he's like, I'm thinking about watching this one. What do you think? Yeah. Like, yeah, that'd sure. be that'd be a good one. Let it roll. Or Constantine City of Demons. That was good. Constantine was a good show. So yeah. what was what was your reaction to that Joker, John? Yeah, I like it's you know it was not much to go on, but he had the yeah. right the right tone, you know. They had the if it, it was a much better banter than than the end of, of was it Justice League? The nightmare ending or whatever they call that. Yeah, whatever the hell that was. It was definitely a nightmare, that's for sure. You know, I I don't need the Joker, you know, talking about, you know, Batman's balls or whatever. So, <laughs> so yeah, I, I think, I mean, this, and they are, I guess, I guess he had already caught the Joker. So, because he kept saying they were coming up in their reunion. So that's like, or their, their one year anniversary. Right. So yes. it's like, I, I, I don't know. He had the right tone. I'd like to see more. I think it'd be interesting. I think that universe, that universe itself could expand to be pretty good. I don't, I know he doesn't want to have a Superman or anything like that, but I don't know if the rest of the characters were written as well as these were, you know, there can, there can be a Superman. Just don't tell me he's there. Just focus on what's in Gotham and I'm good. Cause I think that moment Reeves got a pretty good head wrapped around what's going on in Gotham. Yeah. Yeah. That's fair enough. Yeah. You know? All right. So, Speaking of the Batman, I had a couple of things, a couple questions. I, one was came up from, I've listened to a couple of different podcasts talking about the movie since it's been out. And this one I just found so funny and it was a good point. So the scene where they're, the drug deals going down and Batman and Catwoman show up there and she's trying to get the money. And then that's when we get introduced to the Batmobile and it, it the lights go on and it's super loud. Like, there was a super loud muscle car. How did he get it to that spot without anyone noticing? <laughs> Thoughts? Did he have it in neutral and he pushed it there? He's <laughs> a guy he who walks around in a giant bat suit. You, you telling me that car doesn't have a silent mode? 
You think he doesn't have a silent mode on that thing? Come on. I don't know. Maybe. I, I still one of the greatest like that made that car an actual character in the movie. Yes. That 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 was one of the greatest introductions to a vehicle I've ever seen. Because just everybody just slowly turned their heads as this thing's roaring. I mean, it was awesome. Yes, and it was loud. So, but the other questions, and this is a serious one, and it's like something that no one has addressed really. So there's the catwalk scene where he's fighting everyone and he gets knocked, you know, he gets shot, gets knocked over, Catwoman beats the guy up, but then like another guy comes out and he he's injured and he's like waking up and he pulls a vial out, injects it into his suit, into a hole that's in his suit and injects it into him. And all of a sudden, you know, like you can you can easily brush it off as adrenaline, a shot of adrenaline. But he that's jumps right. up and beats the crap out of a guy. And no one's talked about this. Did they just introduce Venom into this world without? Don't think he would have done. No, that. no, it's not Venom. It's adrenaline. Yeah, everything in this is like pretty grounded. And introducing but, the super steroid is that's out. how it's. But that's how it was introduced in the comics. He it was is, taking it. It is, but no. No, until they tell me it's Venom, they can go back and say it's Venom. But until that's the thing, it's it's adrenaline. It's a shot of adrenaline. Just adrenaline like is yellow because it comes mm. from the adrenal gland. And it's like, yeah. Yeah, but so was Venom in the comics. Yellowish mm. green. So it's like, okay. I don't know. I think I'm, I I thought it was an odd choice. And like, like why? Like they didn't need. He didn't need to inject himself with something. Like that was well, so weird. He he did. He was he was beat. He had the he was, crap beaten out of him. Yeah. And he, but he's know. a superhero. But like, he's not. You know, he's not supposed to be a superhero in these right. movies. But I mean, you with the audience can accept him jumping up and and fighting. Well, the guy but the thing that. is, it, it, this also showed that he's willing to do anything for right. his mission. Right. Which okay, even if you're just throwing, saying that's, yeah. even if you just say that's adrenaline, you can still then say like. <sighs> That could lead to Venom. Could, which is what it did in the comics. Right. But, I mean, like, like it's, it's, is it possible? Sure. Could they do a nice grounded version of, of a more traditional comic variation of Bane? Sure. That could happen in the future. But until until they actually tell me that that was Venom, it's adrenaline. I mean, because I still haven't done Bane right in the no, movies. No, I, I like, I, I, I don't know. I, I like Tom Hardy's Bane. It definitely wasn't, like, the comic version of Bane, though. No, you know? not at all. Yeah. Yeah. No. Give me a comic act. Give me a good comic accurate Batman. Give me a good comic accurate. You, you know, you know, it's a comic accurate Riddler, though. They gave us a far from comic accurate Riddler. True. What was what was the the Teen Titans like thing that the show Young Justice that mm. had a good Bane? That was Bane. So super, super freaking smart. Still, you know, Spanish and, you know, with the accent and all. But, you know, but but that was Bane. You know, you weren't terrified of him. Yes, because we still you, haven't gotten you. Your his size terrified you, but what was even scarier was it was his tactical ability, his brain. Right. Yes, we need we need we need a good Bane. I would I would like to see a good Bane story. So I don't think we've quite gotten it. Yeah. No, no, we got uh, we got a guy in a mask. <laughs> <laughs> and what they and they redubbed every one of his lines because originally it was even harder to understand. And oh, that's right. why that's why that's why it sounds like wrong. Yeah. Something very special. <laughs> exactly. So I don't know. What do you people out there think? Was it was it just adrenaline or was he trying to sneak in 
Venom for a future movie. He's going to need it. He's going to need it for No Man's Land, I think, if that's where they're really going with it. It's possible. I mean, the No Man's Land is... Uh, I'm very curious to see what they do with it because they totally left us in No Man's Land. And I don't know where you go with it, but I'm really curious to see what they're doing. Hmm. Well, you know, right? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. That's all I got for this week. Yeah. I didn't think we'd have much and we've been talking for an hour and a half, so... <laughs> did a good like the first half of the show where we were just kind of freewheeling was fun oh you know i don't trust moving. you guys to freewheel uh, <laughs> I, I get it <laughs> speaking of freewheeling you guys have any recommendations for our audience before we wrap it up i John. am oh, oh go, go ahead, ahead. no no go ahead jd go ahead jd you got something i to am plug. listening <laughs> to i do have something to plug i'll, I'll do that next i am listening to the talisman on audio right now and so far so good it's not what i expected it to be stephen king peter straub it's uh it's a fun read but yeah i'm curious to to see where it goes again kickstarter is launching april 18th the page is live right now so you can click on it so you can follow the page so you know exactly when we launch in three weeks and then these are my new editor nick he says these are the best books i've ever written so i'm pretty pretty excited to get these three out to you and uh to you anyone and I'm pretty excited to get John in there so, so I can murder him one more time. Yes. So, so, <laughs> so he's your new editor. He says, you sure he's not just sucking up? <laughs> no, I've known him since he was like 12. Like, so oh, okay, okay. we have a good, we have a real good relationship. And like, he's the one who told me, he's the one on the last one's like, hey, let's work on this. Like, he's pretty, if something, well, this thing too is like, this wasn't like, oh, these books are genius. He straight up told me, this doesn't work here. Okay. And I was like, oh, okay. So he challenged me to be better which i appreciated That's and then that good. yeah it is and it got me really thinking and it really his notes which is why this took a year to get these three books done right and uh i think they're the best that i could possibly you know and i'm really really proud of them they're very different from the stuff that i've written but yet in the same world same vein you know it, it it's got the same kind of flair to it but i'm really really excited about these man i think i think this is going to work a lot better this time cool John, how about you? Well, I, I'm actually rereading and rewatching a few things right now, just so that you know, while while I'm trying to put myself to bed after like a 12 hour day uh, at work. But one of like I'm in the middle of actually rereading all because I, I haven't read the last two books by Jim Butcher that he's put out. Oh, okay. Uh, in the Dresden series, so I'm rereading the whole thing because I mean, like when some somebody's written a series that spans like that has been out for 25 years you tend to forget what's happened in the earlier books. True. So I'm going to reread the whole thing, but, but beyond that, I mean, that's one of our recommendations is go, go read Jim Butcher's Dresden file books. But the other one is I'm rewatching an anime called, is it wrong to pick up girls in a dungeon? Now yes. the title, As the, a title question, <laughs> the answer is yes. The, the title may put you off, but of turn all, you on, depending on what kind of guy you are. True. But of all the anime that I've watched, this is one of the ones that is closest to portraying the true Homeric hero. This is like, and somebody who goes through trials and it is well, way it, that- hmm? well, if, you, if you're picking up girls in dungeons, you're gonna be spending a lot of time in trials. <laughs> Fair you enough. Know, you know, there's but, a basic rule of life. If you have to ask, is this wrong? The answer is usually yes. But, but <laughs> when I tell the boys, it's when I tell the teenagers, I'm like, if you ask yourself, should I not do this? Nine times out of 10, the answer is 
you should not do this. All right. But here's the thing. But here's the thing. Yeah. I, I, I'm drifting here. The, 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 this show will make you jump off the couch and cheer. It will make you cry. It is the, the depth of the mythology uh, that you, you catch hints of through the first, the first couple of episodes and then through the next three seasons. Like, there are three seasons in and that you still haven't seen the whole picture of what exactly is going on. There's so much intrigue you in this and what and so many moving pieces and so many different factions that are all they're all chasing down their own goals. This is if you're going to start watching any anime, this would be a very good title to put in your, you know, one of the first ones that you try. So it's called Is It Wrong to Pick Up Girls in a Dungeon? And it is it is spectacular. Right. And I can't wait to see the fourth season. It should be coming out soon. So first I'll say that I have downloaded the new two new books and I haven't read them yet. Two, we're going to start a drinking game. Every time John mispronounces a word, you have to take a shot. Intrigue, John. Intrigue. <laughs> the word is intrigue. <laughs> Damn. Uh, <laughs> I love you. Anyway, I will recommend that you guys. What did I say? I didn't I know. Like... I missed it. It went over my head. So I'm like, yeah, I didn't. I don't how did you? How did he mispronounce intrigue? I said like intrigue I... you or something like that. Was I saying you after intrigue you did intrigue you did intrigue you did. There's a lot of intrigues in here. Okay, intrigues. Yes. All right. I will recommend that you go to SuperheroSpeak.com where you can find the podcast every week. Links to all the social media at the top of the page and comic book reviews by our good friend D-Square. Is it wrong to pick up nerds in a dungeon? Episode title. Boom! <laughs> I hadn't thought of one. It just hit me. All right. All right. For that That is yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, some nerds need to be picked up in a dungeon. Um, the place you can find some of them. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I am going to recommend... A YouTube channel, because I've been going down YouTube holes lately. Does oh, yeah. anyone remember the band The Darkness? Oh, yeah. I believe in a thing called Love. Yes. So Justin Hawkins, who was the lead singer of The Darkness, which actually they just had an album come out a couple years ago. But anyway, he has a YouTube channel called Justin Hawkins Rides Again, and they're all like super quick videos. He just launched it this year. But it's interesting because he like he talks about stuff that goes on in the music industry that people don't realize that still goes on today too. Like it's not, you know, they still try to get away some of this crap. And we were talking about that earlier in the show. So I thought it was a good tie in. Also, then he like looks at new music and like reviews it like new, like new popular songs and like talks about them. And it's, it's, it's really cool to get somebody who's been in the business's perspective on some of this stuff. So cool. Yeah, and it's so cool to like he'll sit he sits always sits there with a guitar while he's listening and he figures out the chords and he's and then he'll be like, Oh, this is the <laughs> like this one song he started playing and it's like, Oh, this is the same chords of with or without you. It was it was, it was the same exact chords. It's like you know, you could you could add the YouTuber Todd in the Shadows to that he because he does reviews of mo but he'll give you the entire background of a group or a song and and like break the whole thing down for you. So yeah, I, I, one of the things I like about him is like a lot of times he he goes into it without knowing anything. Like a song is suggested to him, and he'll just start listening to it because like you're getting a fresh take on it. So Neat. yeah, I mean it's it's fun. He I, he he's very personable, like a little weird, but very down to earth. So that's my recommendation. So there you go. On that note, boys and girls, as always, thanks for listening. Don't let your cape get caught in the door. Have a good week.